Welcome to episode one of Priory Podcasts, brought to you by St Augustine's Priory. This is the podcast to find out more about the school, the pupils, the parent community, and even the staff. It's all about discovering how girls at the school are changing the world. In this episode, our very first, we speak to Mrs. Raffery, head teacher, but we have a superstar joining the pair of us, and she's just eight years old. Abigail is in year four at St Augustine's Priory, and she's into paleontology. Now, I'll be honest, when I hear that children are into paleontology and they're going to talk about it, I imagine them telling me what their favourite dinosaur is and why. But that's not the case with Abigail. When you hear her speak, you'll honestly find it hard to believe she's just eight years old, and I think you're going to be blown away by what she has to say. But we also get a cheeky insight into what a head teacher does in everyday life in school. Always an interesting topic. That's coming up in this episode, so come with me right now as we speak to head teacher Mrs. Raffray and Abigail, our budding paleontologist at school. So we're here today with Mrs. Raffray and with Abigail, but first of all, I'm talking to Mrs. Raffray. Hello, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? Hello. Good morning. Great to talk to you. Thank you for giving up your time on a Tuesday morning to be here. Uh, actually, tell us, what does a head teacher get up to on a typical Tuesday morning? There is no typical Tuesday morning. <laughs> uh, so this morning I've done under, uh, been on the gate for a long time. I've talked about Christmas jumpers and everything to do with what's coming up. I've done some admissions interviews and now the best bit of the day is coming up. A lovely conversation with Abigail. Fantastic. Now, I'm really looking forward to talking to Abigail. So, uh, Abby, in a moment, we're going to talk to you. But actually, Sarah, another quick question for you. And this is kind of the elephant in the room, actually, because St. Augustine's Priory clearly is a Catholic school. I'm guessing that doesn't mean you need to be Catholic to attend the school, though, does it? No. In fact, what we want is people who embrace the fact that we think faith really matters. And so lots of our families are not Catholic, but they their faith matters to them. So that's one of the things that we really hold dear. And the Catholic aspect of our work means that we are immensely ambitious. So our mission statement says our girls will change the world. And I think that comes out of our Catholic tradition that says that we are all put on this earth to go and do something amazing and transformative. Fantastic. Well, we're going to hear a good example of that coming through mm. in a moment. But also, actually, Sarah, just before I let you go, you're also the currently the chair of the Society of Heads. I, I read that on the school's website. What does that actually mean? And how does that help the school and help the children in the school? So it means that we have a national voice. So as a school, we're part of this wonderful group of other schools that share values like ours. But also it means that we're part of influencing the debate nationally about education and making sure that the welfare of children and students is put first in the midst of lots of political conversations. So, so the work that goes on in Society of Heads is all about putting children first. I love that. I love that. So it's not like a networking event just for head teachers to get together and, and spend a couple of days together once a year, but it's, but it's actually putting the children first before anything else. In every single thing we do, yes. Fantastic. Now, in a moment, we're going to speak to Abigail, but actually, Sarah, very last question before we hand across. Why Abigail? What, what, what is it about Abigail that, that was a reason for well, to ask her to be on this podcast episode? Well, we've been involved in, a, again, a national project because, as I say, we think big at St. Augustine's called Oracy for Advocacy. So we are, as part of our mission statement, making sure that the girls know how to use their voices for others to be persuasive, but also to show that they love their learning. And Abigail has 
always loved her learning and recently she did something that really explicitly showed that and she's got an amazing story to tell and the world needs to hear her voice we think. Well we're going to speak to her right now. Hello Abigail, how are you today? I'm good. Tell us which year you're in there at school. I'm in year four. In year four, okay very good. So that means that you're how old then? Nine. You're nine. No, I'm eight, I'm eight. I'm going to be nine next year. (laughs) Okay, so you're eight at the moment and you're going to be nine. Fantastic. Okay, and you're looking forward to your birthday I imagine? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, and, and how old were you when you first joined the school? I was about three. You're about three. So you've been at the school for a while then. I have. And tell me, before we talk about your your experience, tell me one thing that you like about school. What I like about school is that it gives you a lot of confidence. Okay, tell me more about that. How does it give you more confidence, Abigail? As Miss Raffrey said, we dream big at this school. And so the teachers encourage that and bring it to to us, they really embody that in us very oh, deeply, so. Fantastic. Okay, that's really good. So, Abigail, tell me about your love of paleontology. And actually, for any children that are listening to this right now, tell us first of all what paleontology is. Paleontology is the study of prehistoric creatures before the humans. Okay, so when we're talking prehistoric creatures, what, what are we talking about? We're talking dinosaurs, we're talking plesiosaurs, we're talking things further than that, such as bacteria. Wow, okay. So we're not just talking dinosaurs, because I think when when a lot of adults think of paleontology, I think probably a lot of them just think about dinosaurs. But it's good that it's much more outside of dinosaurs as well. And tell me why you're interested in paleontology. I'm interested in paleontology because it's interesting, because it's fun and that there's so much that we don't know about paleontologists. That there's always opposing theories and that like paleontologists still have to agree on things and when we think one thing we find another thing that proves that wrong wow it's true and that's the great thing about science isn't it is that we're always finding out new things and sometimes that means that something we thought was correct 50 years ago actually in 2022 or 2023 we realize isn't correct and this is now the correct thing the crystal palace dinosaurs are an example of that oh tell me more about that abby some of the cleverest scientists such as richard owen who created the natural history museum mm-hmm. he thought that the thumb spike of the iguanodon went on the snout of the iguanodon so now our reconstruction of that is very different gosh wow i didn't know that at all but this is really good to hear this from you abby but abby tell me then about your recent discovery recent discovery happened actually quite maybe last year or so. Okay. And so what happened was we were on a fossil hunting tour of Brunswick Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they had taken us to a bit that was known for its very good fossils. Okay. And a lot of nodules were found over there. And then me and my mum, we spotted under a boulder a rock that had traces of an ammonite inside of it. Okay. And what is an ammonite? Just so, just for, for people who are listening. An ammonite is a prehistoric sea creature that's related to squid. You might have seen it before. They have spiral shells and inside, this is not very often preserved, but it has has walls called scepter. Okay. And you found one of these, did you? I did, yeah. Right. And how did it feel when you found this? I felt really pleased with myself because I could see... As soon as it was open, I could see that it was a good fossil that didn't need any preparation. Okay, right, gosh. It wasn't like half submerged in rock like a lot of my fossils are. It was like completely outside of the rock. So that's really interesting. When you saw it, you knew straight away that it was a fossil, did you? Yes, I did. Because I think a lot of children, especially children aged eight, 
would have been just looking at the sand or playing with the sea or thinking about the next ice cream that they're going to get. Uh, at least when I was eight, nearly nine, that's probably what I was thinking about. But but there was you actually finding a fossil and recognizing it to be a fossil immediately. How I can do that is because I go to a lot of museums. I've met a lot of paleontologists, seen a lot of artwork. And the thing that accounts for it the most is the books with the diagrams and, and that. When I had found it, I had taken it to the guides and asked them, my dad doesn't know how to open this. Will you please help me open it? So after we did, I said, okay, I don't know what that is, but I can definitely tell it's a fossil. So they went through their book and then they found it was definitely a dactylorosaurus. But it was only later when I met a few of Ammonite experts at the Yorkshire Fossil Festival that I knew what species it was. Dactylorosaurus tedicanustium, I think. Gosh, Abigail, you're, you're saying words here. I'm not sure how to spell these and I'm not even sure that I could say these after you've said them. But I'm very impressed that you're able to not just say all of these words, but that you know what you're talking about as well. This is fantastic. So just for people listening, how, how big was this fossil that you found? Not one of the biggest and not one of the smallest. It was about 20 centimetres across. 20 centimetres. Oh, that, that, that to me feels quite large then. It's quite large, but I can still pick it up in my hand. Okay, right. And where is this fossil now then? It's currently in the Etches collection. In the which collection? Etches collection. Ah, tell me more about that. What is that and where is it? The Etches collection is a museum run by Steve Etches, hence the name Etches collection. And do you know where it is, Abby? It's either in Yorkshire or in Dorset. I think it's in Dorset, but I might be wrong. Okay, well, that's totally good. We'll look it up after this recording and find out where it is. And actually, we might put a link to that in the show notes so that anybody listening to this right now, they can go and find out more about that. Okay, and then tell me what your parents said when they discovered that you'd found this fossil. What my parents said, because it was a very frustrating afternoon because we hadn't found anything that time, they're like... Yippee, we finally found something. Excellent. That's really, really good. That's really good. And tell me about how the school helps you with your passion, because clearly you're, you're, you're very passionate about paleontology. How does St. Augustine's Priory help you with that? St. Augustine's Priory helps me by giving me the confidence to do it and like also giving me the fact that I, I can believe that I can do what I want to do. That's so good to hear, Abby. That really is. Sarah, Abby was just telling us that she's eight, nearly nine years old. To me, it sounds like she's about 18, <laughs> nearly 19 instead. Um, is, is, this, is this normal for, for a girl at St. Augustine's Priory? Oh, it is. And actually, one of the things we really love is that the girls love learning for its own sake, because we live in a world which is obsessed with measuring outcomes. And actually, what we say is each child is capable of infinite things. And look at Abigail. We've got so many stories of the girls finding their own voices, their own interests, and taking them off into new areas. Um, the girls here do brilliantly academically, but we always say they're not defined by their results. It's what we're all about. Who are they uniquely? Um, and as you can tell, Abigail is certainly unique. She certainly embodies that. Oh, she she really is. She really is. Yeah. 
So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second okay. because anybody listening to this right now might think to themselves that you're, you're talking about it not being all about results. Mm -hmm. Therefore, is this a school where the results aren't expected to be as good as other schools? We, we sometimes hear the term other schools being a bit of a hothouse mm. where it's all about exam results. But equally, yeah. there, there can be a perception that if a school isn't a hothouse, then it's a place where children go when when they're not as academically bright as other children going to other schools. Tell us a bit about that. So what we say is the girls here will exceed the expectations you might have had in any school. So Ooh. they will always, we talk about our value added, if you're talking about measurements, is usually at least two grades above what they might have gained elsewhere. Gosh. So the results are always fantastic for each child. But we're not a hot house, and that means you know, sometimes people's lives are tricky or tragedy strikes. So we wrap those children up and those families and they still do amazingly well. But it's not the be all and end all. What we say is it's a given. It's a complete given that the results will be brilliant. Mm. But there's so much more to it. One of the things Abigail was talking about there was was confidence. Tell me why you feel that confidence is an important attribute of the children at St. Augustine's Priory. I think it, there's a beautiful distinction between confidence and arrogance. And I think confidence comes from knowing that you have worth and you have a right to be on the, on, on the planet because you have something unique that you're going to be doing. We always say there's no identikit St. Augustine's girl. They're all different and they're all completely themselves. They're not trying to be somebody else. And I think in an age where Instagram and Photoshopping means that there is this constant sense of an ideal or perfectionism, we spend a lot of time trying to undo that because we know that people who do best in the world are the ones who are agile and they're able to change and that because they can change to circumstances, but they don't change who they are. Mm. And actually, we know that Abigail is going to grow. Her children will be alive in the 22nd century, oh, weren't gosh. we, Abigail? Can wow. you imagine that? So we quite often talk about what are your granddaughters going to be doing? Never mind what you're going to do. So, mm. so that bit about you've got to be able to manage the world you're in with integrity and wisdom and truth and discernment, those things in the end matter much more than the grades, which will get you to your next step. But actually, when Abigail, imagine Abigail as a brilliant grandmother. Mm. She's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing people at schools often don't talk about <laughs> is what kind of grandparent you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we do talk about um, encouraging an alternative way of thinking, because I think that's one thing this school is really good at doing. Mm. Uh, we, we're very countercultural and we really embrace that. I love it. That really is education for life in that case. Okay, let's just carry on talking about Abigail for a second. And yeah. uh, it's quite fun that she's actually listening because she sat right <laughs> next to you there, of course. Um, yeah. But how do you? How does a school retain that beautiful, uh, if I say innocence, I, I don't mean that to sound condescending in, in mm. any way at all. But as children go from being aged eight, nearly nine to, be, to, to becoming, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds, we, we, mm. we do know that that social media is going to have an impact, great or small, in, in anyone's life. How do you retain that passion that someone like Abigail has for, for this kind of subject 
without her getting caught up in other things. Yeah. So I suppose you, we're preparing girls to be in the world. So, you know, we work hard to make sure that when they are in the world and on social media, they are managing that well so their mental health isn't affected. So we're part of something called the Female Lead Society, which mm. is a really inspirational group. Um, so there's lots of role modeling by older girls for younger girls. So all the way through the school, the younger girls are looking up to the sixth form. The sixth and there isn't an obsession because we're a girls' school with makeup and so on. So that idea of you can just come to school as yourself is reinforced all the way through. Mm. We're really lucky we've got 13 acres of grounds. So the girls are outside all the time, whatever age. And our 13-year-olds still play on the pirate ship at lunchtime. And they also, we encourage climbing trees. So we've got a brilliant oak tree that the girls love climbing. So we've got some year 10 girls who are in that tree every lunchtime and they're perfectly capable of existing alongside everybody else in social media and all the things that teenagers love doing but there is that freshness and as I say that alternative approach we've got a farm so they're involved in that um, so the girls are outside a great deal and there's enormous joy in this school we've got many ducks abigail the ducks are very funny aren't they so whenever the ducks are released they all waddle out and nobody can be miserable if you look at a load of ducks <laughs> gaggling around <laughs> so, so there's lots of things i suppose about our everyday way of being that's very free the corridors are, are always covered in mud um so we're, we're not we're not like a, a conventional london school in lots and lots of ways mm. and it's great to hear about things like climbing trees and and mud in the corridors because yeah. you know sometimes parents have an idea of, of uh, you know th we all know the phrase health and safety gone mad and sometimes parents feel like ch the children are being wrapped up in cotton wool and not able to experience the world but the fact that they're that they're outside that they're climbing mm. trees and that they're getting from time to time a little bit muddy sounds to me like a very good thing well, one of the things that's coming out of the pandemic is lots of research showing very extreme anxiety in teenagers and slightly older teenagers. And we've certainly seen some of that. Mm. But I think the research is suggesting that because during the pandemic, teenagers and younger teenagers weren't outside, they weren't they weren't having to overcome nerves. So even if you remember, I remember being 13 and getting ready to go out. I was often a bit nervous. Mm. Do I look all right? What will people think of me? But you you kept on going. And that was one of the ways we matured and we learned about assessing risk for ourselves. Mm. But actually, this generation for two years didn't do even simple things that made them nervous. Mm. And they, there's, a, there's, a, there's a school of thought that suggests that that's been very, very serious for this generation. So actually, to be able to come to school and take risks climbing trees and skidding on mud and laughing at ducks mm. um, sounds superficial, but it's not. Mm. I think that taking it, wearing yourselves lightly means you can manage really serious things. Mm. I think we're really good at that at St. Augustine's. Well, it certainly sounds like it. And it's been great hearing from you both here today. But I just want to say thank you both for your time. Thank you, first of all, Abigail, for explaining to us what you found and how that made you feel. Thank you for having me. And Sarah, it's been great talking to you as well. Great finding out more about life inside the school grounds at St. Augustine's Priory. Pleasure. Thank you for your time.
So that was Mrs. Raffery with VIP guest Abigail, aged eight and budding paleontologist. So good to hear those words coming from someone so young. And Sarah, thank you to you as well for taking time out to talk to us. Links are in the show notes to some of the things we talked about in this episode. But to find out more about St. Augustine's, just visit sapriory.com. Now, the next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.